there we go. And that's your show for today. How many of you are Avengers superheroes fans? <laughs> Nerds. All right. Apologize. Some of the movies are a little bit dark in the scene, so it's a little hard to see, but just got to be listening in too. But this uh, here begins to present the beginning of this movie, The Avengers. And, and what we have here is this cosmic battle between good and evil. Right? All good superhero movies have this cosmic battle between good and evil. And that's what good stories are made of. There's a tension there. And so we're introduced to this character, Loki, right, who, who comes and he says, look, I've come to free you from freedom. What does that even mean? I don't know. But he's come to, to really shake things up and to really to mess with people. And he's saying, I want to bring you peace. But this story, this battle of cosmic good and evil is also our story. And again, so it's these parallels that we look at in our own lives. And if you look in, in, in the Bible and you look at Scripture, you only have to go in the Bible about two, three chapters. And by Genesis 3, we're introduced to a serpent. And we're introduced to the serpent, which is Satan in the form of a serpent. And, and here's this, this tension between Adam and Eve who have been instructed by God not to eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this one fruit that they are not to eat. And so this is, this is what it says now. And, and isn't this in some ways parallel, right, to, to this, this thing that's happening in the movie? It says this in verse 1 and 4. Now the serpent was the shrewdest of all creatures the Lord God had made. Really? He asked the woman. Did God really say you must not eat any, eat any of the fruit in the garden? You won't die, hissed the serpent. God knows that your eyes will be opened when you eat it. You will become just like God, knowing everything, both good and evil. And so it is today that we continue to find ourselves in, in this struggle even today. And we, and we all are faced with the struggle of who do we follow? Who do we listen to? Do we pursue our own selfish desires? Or do we pursue the things of God? Do we pursue our sinful nature? Or do we pursue the things of, of holiness and of value and of God and the things that bring life? And so we're in this tension. Now some, some of you might say, well, okay, it's a little different though. Because Christ has already won. And so it, when, you look at, when you look at our understanding of our faith, what we know is that Jesus Christ has already come and defeated Satan. So we're not in this battle on our own to try to defeat Satan because Christ has already defeated him on the cross. But actually on the cross, Satan thought he won. Where did he defeat him? In the empty tomb. When the tomb was empty, when the power that, that, that overcame the grave, where death has no, long, no longer has any power, that's when we ultimately know the author of life, that nothing can kill. Nothing can take the life and take the spirit. And so God has already won. Christ has already brought us that victory. But yet we walk around and all of us know we're still in the, re the real battle every day going on between good and evil. There's a challenge that we face within ourselves and the decisions and the choices we make. But there's also a battle for what's going on all around us for hearts and lives and homes and, and there's oppression going on and there's people that are being abused and in difficult circumstances. In our culture, there are things that are that, that shouldn't be and that we can work to bring goodness, to bring redemption. And so we find ourselves in this battle. But the question is, who will fight it? Who will fight this battle? Who, who are we waiting on? Are you waiting on some Avengers? Some superheroes? Who will fight this battle? And so we're going to go back to this movie and we're going to take a look at who these superheroes are. And we're going to get our first introduction to this band of superheroes, the Avengers. I You're dealing with forces you can't control. You ever been in a war, Councilman? In a firefight? 
Did you feel an overabundance of control? You're saying that this Asgard is declaring war on our planet? Not Asgard. Loki. He can't have weapon alone. What about the other one? His brother. Our intelligence says Thor is not a hostile, but he's worlds away. We can't depend on him to help either. It's up to us. Which is why you should be focusing on phase two. It was designed for exactly phase this. Phase two isn't ready. Our enemy is. We need a response team. The Avengers initiative was shut down. This isn't about the Avengers. We're seeing the list. You're running the world's greatest covert security network, and you're going to leave the fate of the human race to a handful of freaks. I'm not leaving anything to anyone. We need a response team. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. You believe? War isn't won by sentiment, Director. No. It's won by soldiers. And in a suit of armor. Take that off. What are you? Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. I know guys with none of that worth ten of you. I've seen the footage. The only thing you really fight for is yourself. You're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. To lay down on a wire and let the other guy crawl over you. I think I would just cut the wire. Always a way out. You know, you may not be a threat, but you better stop pretending to be a hero. A hero? Like you? You're a laboratory experiment, Rogers. Everything special about you came out of a bottle. What I love is the way these band of superheroes are introduced to us, right? I mean, it's not like the comics of old and some days where you just see, oh, here, you know, here they come you know, to save the day, right? Who are these guys? And how are they introduced? This is what they, what they said. They're a handful of freaks, <laughs> isolated, unbalanced even. And you look at that and you think, well, actually, what I, what I, when I thought about that, handful of freaks, isolated, unbalanced even, I put, just like the church. Woo-hoo, that's us. You know, but you really, it's, it's human beings. You know, who's going to come save us? Who's going to go do this? And who do they turn to? Unbalanced, isolated, maybe even unstable people who are, who, but they're isolated and, and, and they've got issues. We all have issues, don't we? Anyone not have any issues? I think if we really sat down with each other, at some point we, and really got heart to heart, we would realize, you know, there are some challenges. There are some struggles. And so we're introduced to this, this team of superheroes, and they have major issues. And we only just saw a couple of them here, you know, talking with, uh, you know, Iron Man and Captain America were having this conversation. And they're pointing at each other's shortcomings. But what we have here is they're, they're just human beings. We've got Agent Natasha, the Black Widow. Okay, and, and you know what her problem is? She's dealing with guilt. She's dealing with the dark past. I'm sure that doesn't affect anyone here, right? But there's these hidden issues, these dark things, and it's really compromising their ability to, to work together to try to do something. And then you've got Dr. Banner who turns into the Hulk, and his issue is gentleness. No, it's not gentleness, guys. If he was gentle, he wouldn't have a problem. That was supposed to be funny. All right, it didn't work. His issue is loss of anger, right? Control. He can't control himself. And when this rage hits, he turns into the Hulk. Some of you are Hulks. And nobody knows it because on Sunday morning, you're smiling, and you're holding, you know, your spouse's hand, and and, you know, your kids just, you know, you act all normal. But there's an anger issue. There's a control issue. Then there's Mr. Stark, Iron Man, right? And he just, you just heard there, you know, he's, he's egotistical. He's, uh, you know, just focused on himself, individual. 
All he cares about is his own life. He's very prideful. Anyone? Then there's Captain America. Captain America. Who loves Captain America? All right, I heard some woos there, right? Captain America, what we like about him, but, but we like him, but if we get introduced to this guy who's kind of out of touch, right? They kind of dug him out of the deep sea, and he hasn't been, you know, helping the United States in years and years, so he's out of touch. He's outdated. He's been isolated. Anyone? Now, we can go through and ask, what are your issues? One by one. You guys want to come on up? Turn these microphones on, right? We, we all have these things, but we like to cover them up. We like to hide them, and and when we don't share these issues, maybe it's fear, maybe it's addiction, maybe it's, maybe it's anger, right? Maybe there's just a, a sense of just unworthiness, maybe a lack of self-confidence, maybe a lack of love. And we deal with these problems, these challenges, maybe it's just a story that you have where you've just been in a difficult situation, one after the other, and you can't seem to break the cycle. And, and what, what's going on here is, is they're going to fight evil and here's who we have. And what I love about these superheroes is that they're all human beings, right? Except for Thor. We'll just count, uh, you know, for you guys. But wait a second, there's Thor! <laughs> Johnny was on, on to me there. For you superheroes, I gotta, I, I gotta get this right. The rest are, these are human beings who are just normal people in some ways. But they have these issues and they strive and they learn to become superheroes. But, but the thing is, they're dealing with stuff too. And as a church, when we deal with stuff and we aren't willing to come together, our our, our world and society says, hide those things, keep those things separate, deal with those things alone, and when we do that, it separates us. And that's what people say when they come to churches sometimes and go, it's so plastic, nobody's real, people aren't willing to share what they're really dealing with. And so we talk about being this community and working together, but we're all trying to deal with our own issues by themselves, by ourselves. I do that. I want you guys to see me in a certain way. I'm your pastor. I can't possibly be dealing with certain things and having struggles. I do. Let's talk about them sometime. But, you know, I, I struggle with that too. How do, I, how do I share that? How do we pray for one another? How do we work together? Because it's us. Now, you look at, um, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26 through 29. And uh, here Paul is writing about what this church what the church is made of, the kind of people who God has called, and by the way, God's called the church to be on mission, right? Who is he called to fight evil? Who is he called to do battle here and, and win the world for Christ? He's called us. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26 to 29, it says this, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Congratulations. You're equipped, you're called, and you're certified to do this. See, because if we wait for the people with all the strengths, the people that have everything together, we're going to be waiting a very long time. And what I love about Scripture, what I love about what, what, what the Bible teaches us is saying, like, that's exactly who God wants to use. The very thing that is your weakness, the very thing that is, that is, that is showing your vulnerability is the thing that's going to draw you to Christ. It's the thing that's going to make you aware that you are not capable on your own and that you need God and that you need others. 
And it's oftentimes those very things where we are weakest that God begins to turn in time when he heals it, when he brings it to fruition, that it becomes our greatest strength. Think about somebody who's been abused. Now, if they don't deal with that their whole life and they're constantly a victim their whole life, that'll be their whole life. But if they come and through Christ find healing and find restoration and do the things that it takes to work through that, many times they become the strongest voice, the strongest advocate, the best helper for somebody else going through that same situation. And God takes that weakness and somebody who says, you know what, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. We all come to that point who are followers of Christ who admit that. And in a world and a culture where you're not allowed to say that, are you? You're not allowed to say that in the culture. In your job, if you kind of go up and you, you know, I'm just not capable, I'm not, or you know, if you play that. No, you've got to be strong. You've got to show strength all the time. And, and, and the vulnerability of following Christ that says, you know how I become strong? Is by admitting my weakness first. And by saying, look, we're a church of people who are struggling together. There is no plan B. We are plan A, the church. Right? You and me, this is what we're called to. In Santan Valley, there's us and the other churches in town. That's who God is calling us to make a difference here. And we can wait around for the perfect people, and it's not going to happen. He wants to use us through our weakness, but we've got to stop letting it separate us and begin to come together. And so what we want to look at here in this next clip is how we're not just called to do this as individuals, but that we want to come together as a team. So let's take a look at this clip. Yes, we were going to build an arsenal with the Tesseract. I never put all my chips on that number, though, because I was playing something even riskier. There was an idea. Stark knows this. Called the Avengers Initiative. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles that we never could. Phil Coulson died still believing in that idea. In Heroes. Well, it's an old-fashioned notion. Time to go. Go where? I'll tell you on the way. Can you fly one of those jets? I can. You got a suit? Then suit up. Son, just don't. All right. Now they're coming together. Hey, we may not have, you know, as big a screen as the theater, but we can compete with their sound, won't you say? All right. 
So here they are. Here they are coming together. And this idea of, he said, people still want to believe in heroes, but it's an old-fashioned idea. Is that an old-fashioned idea? Is believing in heroes still old-fashioned? I believe it's, it's a notion we still long for. I mean, we just got through this 4th of July, this holiday week, and we think about when we take a day like the 4th of July and we, follow, and, and we celebrate. Something just changed over here. All right. Hello. Um, well, yeah, that just all of a sudden changed on me. All right. We, we take this idea of the 4th of July and, and we remember our independence. We remember the Revolutionary War, those that fought for us. And these are heroes of our history. And we honor the men and women who still fight today. And I think the reason we see so many news stories of heroes and, and people that are called heroes is because we long to see people who are doing some extraordinary things. Or who step into situations where we go, wow, that was, that was amazing what they were able to do. And so I, I've come up with a definition of what I think heroes are. And, here, and listen to this. This is, this is what I believe a hero is. Heroes are ordinary people who in a difficult moment despite their limitations, rise to do the hard thing when it would be easier to run, quit, or to turn a blind eye. Let me say that again. Heroes are ordinary people who in a difficult moment, despite their limitations, rise to do the hard thing when it would be easier to run, quit, or to turn a blind eye. They're ordinary people. And I think this is where we're all qualified to become heroes, (laughs) Because to be a hero, you have to be ordinary, right? Nobody calls a hero, you know, Thor is not the same kind of hero as the others are. Because, you know, he's a god and all this kind of stuff, whatever it is in the movie. But a person who's ordinary, who we relate to, we go, now that's a hero. But what makes him a hero is that they have limitations. And that they're faced with a situation that's difficult and, and they have a choice. Do I, do I engage it? Do I run? Do I hide? Do I just ignore it? I mean, just think about the last week here in Arizona, right? The Yarnell Fire, those, the hot shots, right, that went in there. These 19 men, 20 men, 19 didn't come back out. Why are they called heroes? They're called heroes because they're men, like other men that we know around us. And yes, they were trained and they've done the right things, but what did they do? They, they had their limitations. Every human being has a limitation against a wildfire, Right? I mean, if you think about these millions of acres and you see these little guys with axes, right? And you're going, really? You're going to fight this fire and you're going to snuff it out? Limitations. A difficult situation. But instead of turning around and running away, they went and they did the hard thing. We're going to protect homes. We're going to protect lives. We're going to protect property. And we're going in there when everyone else runs out. That's what heroes are made of. And when we think in terms of our faith and who are we, we need heroes, People need heroes all around us. And they're looking for people who, when it's difficult, don't run, don't hide. And here's the thing. Again, we're all qualified for this because, one, you're ordinary people. One, two, you have limitations. And three, you're going to face a hard and difficult situation. Can anyone agree with these three? Let me see if I'm speaking to anyone here, right? We can all relate to those three. Now, the difference is what do we do in that moment? Do we say, well, I just have my limitations? Do we just say, I just can't, I quit, I leave? Or do we say, you know, I'm going to do the hard thing. I'm going to do the right thing. And this isn't just sheer willpower. As believers, we understand that Christ is the one who empowers us. When he calls the church together, he says, look, you have been given special gifts, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. He's, He's gifted us, and he's blessed us, and he says, look, you don't need to do this alone. This is what you need to come together to do. And in the movie, he says there, right, he, uh, you know, he talked about, I wonder if we can bring this group together and if they can become more together. I think that's what we love about the Avengers versus just 
you know, Superman. Superman's great. But the Avengers, there's something here in this movie is one alone can't do it. They need to work together to accomplish that. And that is another picture of the church, that, that we must come together to be more than we can on our own. And the body of Christ can't be all that it was intended to be without your contribution. Because you are a part of this church. And so as we take a look at this cliff, let's see what it looks like when despite our limitations, we come together and see what God can do. What's the story upstairs? The power surrounding the cube is impenetrable. Thor's right. we got to deal with these guys. How do we do this? As a team, I have unfinished business with Loki. Yeah? We'll get in line. Save it. Loki's going to keep this fight focused on us, and that's what we need. Without him, these things could run wild. We got Stark up top. He's going to need us to... So, this all seems horrible. I've seen worse. Sorry. No, we could use a little worse. Stark, we got him. Banner? Just like you said. Then tell him to suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I, I don't see how that's a party. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. suit. <laughs> Time for some of you to suit up. And that's what we need as the church, as the body of Christ to come together and to say, we can't just sit on the sidelines, but we've got to come together. One of our mantras here at One, and you may have seen in different places, is we say, out of many, one. Right? E pluribus unum. You've seen that even on some of our, uh, you know, in the United States, on some of our money. It's out of many, we become one. And that has always been the picture of the church. It's that we take our diversity and we bring what we have and we come together as one. And so it's unity through diversity. And we have a mission and a work that unites us, a work that calls us together to say, look, we all need to be on board. And in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, it says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. The Bible talks about that we have supernatural powers. Now, we're not talking about zapping things in suits and whatnot, but the Bible talks all about spiritual gifts. That if somebody becomes a follower of Christ, that God says, look, there's a gift I'm giving you that you have to serve the church. And the church is on mission, and so the church can't be on the mission that it's been called to if you're not using your gift. 
If you're allowing others and you're one of those people in the buildings going, I hope they do it, I hope they accomplish it, those aren't the heroes. And God gives us an opportunity to fight these battles and say, look, I want to use you. And as I said earlier, he takes our weaknesses, he takes those things and he says, look, I'm going to put you together with the body of Christ. And together, despite your limitations, if you will do the hard thing and do the right thing and stand in the gap, amazing things are going to happen. And God will use you to do wonderful things. Now remember, heroes are ordinary people who in a difficult moment, despite their limitations, rise to do the hard thing when it would be easier to run, quit, or turn a blind eye. We need to be heroes. What does that look like in our day? We're not fighting aliens from outer space, okay, and wicked, weird-looking things. But it's the small things. And it's the things that we see in everyday life. Maybe you are called to be a superhero in someone's life by sharing the love of Christ with a neighbor. Think one day in heaven, you're there, and because you shared the love of Christ with someone, because you were bold enough to say, look, here's what Christ has done for me, and I'd love to, to introduce you to him. I'd love to help you understand what that's like. And that person one day says, look, I'm here because you had the guts and you had the courage to just share your faith with me. I think that person would call you a hero. Thank you for saving my life. Maybe it's as simple as being a hero for somebody who's being willing to pray with them. To say, you know what, they, they share a problem with you instead of just trying to help them figure it out. Why don't you just say, you know, let's just stop and pause. Let's pray. Let's just stop right here. Let's pray and, and let me walk this journey with you. Let me come alongside you. You can be a hero by spending time with the child. Maybe here in the nursery, maybe in one of our classes, maybe in the community, maybe a friend or a neighbor, where you take an interest in a child and say, you know, I want to, to just love that child. And I want to give that child some attention that maybe they're not getting in their home. And I want to build a relationship. That is superhero status. Maybe you take an interest in a young person, in a youth, a student, a junior hire, a senior hire, a college student, and you say, you know what, I want to just take you out for coffee, or I want to take you out for a Coke, or I want to sit and talk, I'll buy you some french fries. And let me, let's see what's going on in your life. Or let's go out and play some basketball, let's go out and do something. And you begin to pour into someone else. That is superhero status. Maybe it's doing things in the community. You know, we love our Live Love Days, and we'll be having some coming up again, and, and I think we have another one in August that's going to be coming up, and those are days where we just randomly, you know, intentionally live love on people in the community. And we do something for someone that, that's unexpected. That's superhero status. Maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe it's fighting an injustice. Maybe you say, you know, I want to join an organization or a cause that stands up for, for uh, sex trafficking, those that are caught in that, or in some kind of slave trade, or, you know, an immigration, or maybe it's, you know, world water crisis issues, or maybe it's poverty, and you say, I want to pour into that. You're serving, you're helping. Maybe it's just bringing school supplies. Do you think the kid that gets the school supplies whose parents said, you know, I don't know if I can get you new stuff, and we hand him a bag of supplies, do you think that kid thinks you're a hero? <laughs> you know, they're kids. They may not thank you, but they're going, wow, you know. And that mom, that's doing the things when others just kind of turn a blind eye, ignore, walk away. It's standing there. Maybe it's just serving behind the scenes, not in the center of the action where everyone's watching, but quietly, maybe you're the person that sets up and tears down here. Maybe you're working, you know, in the middle of the week, meeting with somebody or leading a group or preparing a lesson. It's doing the hard thing, doing the right thing, and saying, and not using the excuse of your limitations, but saying, God, I'm available. Work through my weakness. Let me lean into the strengths you've given to me. Let me pull together as part of the community, and let's be about something that brings life and change and hope 
to the world around us and to our community. And so together as a church, we can be part of a superhero team. I know that may sound cheesy, but hey, it's the movie. It's not me, right? But really, we are a body and we come together. And so let's see how this uh, movie ends and what kind of victory is there. Copy? I can shut the portal down. Do it! No, wait. Stark, these things are still coming. I got a nuke coming in. It's gonna blow in less than a minute. And I know just where to put it. Stark. No, that's a one-way trip. Save the rest for the turn, Jay. Sir, shall I try Miss Parks? Might as well. Streets of New York City have become a battleground. The army is here trying to contain the violence, but clearly it is outmatched in slowing down.
What just happened? Please tell me nobody kissed me. What do you want? All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. We're not finished yet. And then shawarma after. <laughs> <laughs>